0: You're listening to Feel Better, Be Better, a podcast that helps women like you understand your female body better, balance your hormones naturally, and develop a healthy mindset. I'm your host, Dinara. I'm a certified women's health coach and a TEDx speaker, and I'm on a mission to help you make sense of your health. Let's get into it. Hello, friends. How are you? I'm hoping that you've had a lovely week. My week has been very good. I am currently training for half a marathon. Listen, if there is an episode until I actually do my half marathon where I don't mention half marathon training, please call me and make sure I'm okay because I can't not talk about it. It's one of the biggest things that's happening in my life, I feel like, ever. And once you are on these long runs that I do, you have a lot of time to think about variety of things many different topics, the things that I want to talk to you guys. So it is natural that half marathon and just the joys and wonders of running and also incredible pain of blisters of breaking in my new running shoes is going to be the topic of the conversation and something I'm going to give you an updates on. And I actually want to talk about this runners because I want to tie it in into the topic of today where we're going to talk about what is the reason that you have weight loss resistance and what can you do about it. So let's go back to my new running shoes. So I got this Nike's top running shoes, yeah, specifically for marathon runners. And they're called Nike Alpha Zoom X. It was actually shown as one of these shoes where you can run faster. And when I first tried them on, I almost lost my balance because they have such a huge cushion at the bottom. And in between of that cushion, there is a carbon plate that apparently makes you run faster and makes you bounce more. And it's probably one of the funnest shoes I've ever run in. And it's also the first time I've actually paid attention to get a shoe that's specifically for running. So there's all kinds of excitement. And I'm not joking, when I'm running in them, on average, I probably shave off about 20 to 30 seconds from my one kilometer length of time, which is phenomenal. And these shoes also, they don't just have normal laces. They actually have this 3D material printed as the shoe on the top of it. And you don't just lace it up. It's almost like you put it on like a sock and it hacks your food perfectly. And of course, with anything that's that tight, it feels nice. But as I've started to run in them, they just covered my feet with this massive blisters at the bottom of my foot, at the top of my foot, to the point that when I got homes, one of the side of my shoes was actually covered in blood because it seeped through from my blisters. So as I'm waiting for my blisters to heal, I can get back to running in these shoes because it is actually so fun. But I do think it's a great metaphor for what I want to talk in today's episode. And like setting a goal and then having an obstacle. This is what I'm experiencing right now. So I've set a new goal where I'm going to run half marathon. I got this new shoes that I want to train in. I started to run. I saw the results of increased time, motivation, but now I have these blisters, which basically completely stopped me from training in these new shoes. And same happens with any goal that we set. And these setbacks are natural. And it's how we understand them and whether we understand what those setbacks at all would allow us to actually overcome them and get to our goal faster. And we often set a goal and we're like, all right, here's the goal. Here's the this- line how to get there, the smooth, straight line, but actually there is it never happens that way. The line is more like goes up and down with different obstacles until you actually get to the destination. And a lot of women that I speak to, one of their big goal is weight loss. And they initially when they set their this goal, maybe if you set this goal to lose weight, you get quite excited by this goal. And Any time that you set a goal, your brain releases neurotransmitter called dopamine. And dopamine is a neurotransmitter of anticipation. It's that moment where you're like, yes, I can do anything. I can't wait to go after this goal. That is the work of dopamine. And we love it. We want it. However, just like anything, dopamine can never stay elevated forever. So once it goes up, it has to come down. And often when that comes down, our motivation comes down. We start finding different excuses why reaching a goal won't work. And even though at first we're like, yeah, I'm going to lose all this weight, get a membership to the gym, start eating more veggies. In my case, buy a new fancy shoes and then bam, an obstacle. And either we think... It's really hard, we're just gonna give up at this first sign of obstacle. And in my case, just going and returning and getting rid of the shoes and getting something that's that might not give me as many blisters. Or if the in my case, if the shoe actually fits, wait it out and wear them in the house and get through it. And in the case of weight loss, it's the same thing understanding that this process will take a little bit of time, but actually with a good plan, there is nothing that you can't achieve. And there is a, when we think about reaching a goal, specifically when you go towards weight loss, we can sometimes, that first thing that it's quite easy, but actually as we begin to do it, it actually seems to be harder than we thought it is. And sometimes it gets hard to keep going because of lack of motivation. We found different excuses. And we really need to overcome our own mindset and realize that it is the process that's just going to take us a little bit longer and be at peace with it. And that is a topic for another podcast because there is a big mental element that comes in with weight loss. However, what I want to talk about today is a bit more practical things that are actually literally getting in the way of you getting losing weight and stop you from the progress. And I want to break them into nine different things that are stopping you from losing weight that are actually practical, real things that you have control over, or even just simply by understanding it, you might know how to fix it. And one of my big methodologies when it comes to when I work with women or when I talk on content or just spread the message, I believe that we should always as women in particular focus on understanding how our body actually works what gets in the way of it working well it functioning well and how can we fix it and prevent an issue in order to basically have a smoother sailing so with weight loss specifically focusing just on weight loss can put us in this unhealthy habits of trying to find fat diets trying to find some quick solutions But actually, if we approach it from the standpoint of, I want to understand how my body works, what are roles that the hormones and other things play when it comes to weight loss, then it's so much easier to know what you need to do and actually get to your goal faster. And sometimes when it comes to like specifically with weight loss resistance, You might be doing everything and you're so motivated, but it doesn't matter what you do. It's just you're not able to lose weight. Maybe it feels like as soon as you even look at a cupcake, you gain weight. As soon as your lips touch like sugar or chocolate, you immediately gain weight. And it feels like unfair. It feels like this this process is difficult. But actually, it's not so much even your fault and understanding what that thing that stands between you and maybe having a body that's healthy and has a healthy weight is really understanding the difference of what can be in between. So I guess what I want to preface it with is that it's not often your fault. It's sometimes it's just really the underlying things in our body that can be stopping it. So let's start with number one. Number one is the health of your gut. And specifically, your gut microbiome. So, what is gut microbiome? So, gut microbiome is the universe, literally a universe of bacteria. We have 10 times more bacteria than the number of cells in our body. We're basically just the one big walking bacteria. And it is essential that you have good and bad bacteria. And you should ideally have more good bacteria, which helps you to process food and helps you to keep your metabolism running. But due to, often due to modern diet, excess sugar, quick takeouts, alcohol, we can develop what's called metabolic endotoxemia. And basically, it's when your gut has this low-grade inflammation going on at all times. And it's often related to what we eat and what we put in our mouth. And you start to produce in your gut this essentially these metabolites that absorbed in your gut. And once they essentially in your gut, your gut basically freaks out because there's too much bad bacteria. There is this essentially toxins and from sugars and from processed foods. So your immune system freaks out. It gets on high alert. Your gut start producing what's called cytokines, and these are small proteins that actually control your immune system in your gut. And then they make your body essentially panic. Your body increases blood sugar because that's how your body gets energy to, for anything. And when your blood sugar goes up, your insulin goes up as a result. And insulin is what makes you gain weight. Insulin is a storage hormone. And many people, honestly, too many people do not have diverse bacteria in their gut because for a variety of reasons, but often the things that I see is women tend to take a lot of acid blockers. As soon as we have some sort of issues, maybe feeling like acidic, maybe heartburn or other similar things, we immediately grab this acid blockers. Also, those who are born with C-sections don't get the benefit of the bacteria that you usually get by passing through the birth canal, things like birth control pills, medication, all those things just kill good gut bacteria, which then affects our gut, which then naturally will prevent you from losing weight. So the key when it comes to your gut is really to support it with good nutrition, plenty of fermented foods, movement, and also reducing things like medications if possible, things like sugars, fried foods, takeout, and actually cooking more at home with ingredients that you know of. And that's reason number one. Reason number two is in today's day and age, we're actually overfed. There is not a shortage of calories. You go out, ton of chocolates, ton of bread, ton of donuts, you name it. But the problem is we're overfed, but we're actually undernourished. We have a lot of calories and that are available through junk food, fast food, carbs. Yet those foods don't have the nutrients and the minerals that we need and often create the nutrient deficiency. And when we have nutrient deficiency, the body is unable to do its normal processes. In fact, some of the most obese people, some of the most overweight people are actually the most nutrient deficient people. And they actually did a study where they studied two groups. One of them ate whole foods and another group ate processed foods. And they found just on average feeding those people until they full and satisfied, the group that has eaten processed foods actually ate 500 more calories. And essentially, if your diet is filled with whole foods, you can only eat so many broccoli, so many chicken breasts, so many roast vegetables, so many sweet potatoes, like you honestly cannot eat those things until you, as much as you would be able to eat, I don't know, the delicious, tasty burgers at McDonald's, that scientists invest millions of dollars, millions of dollars to make it taste nice, but actually have no nutrients. So that's reason number two is the fact that we overfed and undernourished. Reason number three is inflammation. And I remember when I was struggling with my weight resistance, weight gain resistance, no matter what I did, the things, just nothing would work. And it was actually when I focused on my inflammation, all of a sudden, it almost felt like my body got deflamed and like I lost weight all of a sudden. My clothes became bigger, but it wasn't even that I've lost so much weight when it came down to the number, but I felt much lighter and because so many people are inflated like a balloon. And one of the biggest causes of inflammation is actually your gut. And other common things that cause inflammation and make your body essentially fight back is viruses, toxins, mold, food allergens, medication, birth control. For some people, it can be gluten. For some people, it can be dairy things like processed foods and also sleep apnea or lack of sleep will also cause a lot of inflammation and when you're inflamed your body increases insulin in your in your blood once again releasing blood sugar trying to increase the energy to fight the inflammation insulin goes up and insulin is a storage hormone so it makes you gain weight so the key for reducing inflammation is really Stock up on foods that are high in antioxidants and foods that are high in uh, in fermented bacteria because they are rich in antioxidants, real whole food ingredients and plenty of vegetables, a little bit of fruits, beans, seeds, things that are really healthy that look the most natural that they came from the ground. And of course, another one is getting good sleep making sure that you manage your stress, all of those things will contribute to inflammation, which then in turn will contribute to you being unable to lose weight. Reason number four for you not being able to make as much progress in your weight loss as you'd like is environmental toxins. And environmental toxins are essentially these variety of, there's thousands of toxins in in, in in the environment that we either breathe in we consume it we eat it maybe we eat a vegetables that that been covered in pesticides or things like cosmetics plastic water bottles cleaning products fragrances those smelly candy uh, smelly candles that sometimes would burn in the house in order to give it particular scent it is so important that we minimize those because what happens is they really take a massive burden on your liver and if you don't understand how your body how to avoid toxins then you really won't be able to understand your body's ability to get rid of those toxins and as a result it'll just impair your metabolism and the key to getting it to to sort of to detoxing your liver to helping your liver is to minimize the things that burden it things like alcohol processed foods junk and also foods that are covered in pesticides, herbicides, those foods are actually called obesogens, meaning that those particular ingredients will make you gain weight just by consuming them. And some of the ways that you can minimize it is, I love the app called Uka, Y-U-K-A, which allows you to scan every product that you buy. And it kind of gives you the rating. It tells you green, yellow, or red, and then you want to avoid any red and yellow products. And look at the list of ingredients just to see which the reason that this organization tests different products. And then they tell you the chemicals that are actually included in that particular product. So that way, you know exactly, you kind of get familiar with the stuff that you should be avoiding. Yucca is a good place and also organization called EWG.org. They put out a list every single year of the Dirty Dozen, which is some of the dirtiest fruits and vegetables in the sense that they're sprayed the most with chemicals and they also put out a list of clean 15 which are the vegetables that are the least sprayed with, with vegetables with different herbicides and pesticides so what you want to do is you want to minimize getting the dirty dozen fruits and vegetables or only getting them organic and you want to maximize having foods from the list of Clean 15 if you're not getting them organic and if you're on the budget in order to make sure that you still support your body. And so one of the things is you prevent by putting too much load on your liver, which I've with what I've mentioned. And the other thing is you just pump your liver with plenty of good oxidants, plenty of good nutrients that help you detox it. Things like having clean air making sure you open the windows and clean the air once in a while cleaning wiping the dust having clean water in some places you will have to install the the filter into your into your tap just to make sure that the water is clean broccoli onion garlic family are fantastic for prebiotics things like nutrients like selenium which is rich in brazil nuts zinc in meat vitamin c All of those things help you detoxify your body because once your body is able to process and detox those things, it'll be much easier to lose weight because nothing will be obstructing it. So environmental toxins and really minimizing those things, it's extremely important. Number five is problems with mitochondria. And you probably remember from the biology class. So mitochondria is essentially the powerhouse of the cell. In the cell, we've got these mitochondrias that basically produce energy. So if we think about a car, like when you drive a normal gasoline car, in order to drive, it needs gas. So you put gas in it or benzene and then it mixes with air and in a combustion engine, it burns and that's what gives you energy. Similar things happen in our body. Whenever we need energy, we need fuel from the food source combines with air and then mitochondria produces it turns it into energy and the mitochondria is very sensitive to your the foods that you're consuming exercise the lifestyle that you that you lead and you can really wear out mitochondria faster than you need to because mitochondria with time it wears out as we get older it's naturally we don't have as much energy. Ideally, if you support your mitochondria, you get to age gracefully and still have plenty of energy. But this is this is exactly what I'm talking about: making that effort of having clean diet. Sometimes things like exercise, hit ex- exercise, the interval training specifically for women in the first half of your cycle, strength training, the right nutrients. All of those things will contribute to the health of mitochondria. And you want to do as many of those things as possible and make them your daily habit because mitochondria directly connected to how much energy you have. And if you want the most energy, you lead the lifestyle that allows for that. So the obstacle number six is hormone problems. Hormone problems and Hormones are basically like communicators in your body. They communicate different functions from one place to another. And we have a variety of hormones. But some of the ones that affect your weight are stress hormones like cortisol, thyroid, sex hormones like estrogen. Out of Those are the things that will throw your weight gain out of whack. And if you eat foods, for example, that will make you estrogenic, that'll just have a lot of estrogen, then you essentially absorbing it, and that estrogen gets stored in our fat tissues, and it stays there, and it makes your and it makes it your your fat cells grow bigger, essentially, or multiply. And in America, whenever they try to make the cows bigger, they actually ingest inject the estrogen into their ear in order to make them bigger before they slaughter them, because estrogen does make us larger. So being careful, once again, the excess estrogen is in a lot of cosmetics, environmental toxic products. So app like Yucca that I mentioned earlier is a fantastic for that because you can scan products, make sure that you are you're getting as little of that as possible. The next thing is, the next hormone that impacts your weight is thyroid. Thyroid is a hormone that's responsible for our metabolism. And there is one in five women experiences some issues with, with her thyroid. And 50% of those women are actually undiagnosed. But it basically, if your metabolism slows down, your energy slows down, it's really difficult to be able to it's really difficult to be able to to function if your thyroid quite literally slowed down your metabolism. And one of the things that we can do with thyroid is we can certainly test it. Traditional tests with a the doctor, they only test TSH, which is just the screening to see whether your thyroid is working. It's not really giving you a lot of information. You actually want to go deeper with thyroid if you presume that you have those problems. Things like T3, T4, thyroid antibodies, just TSH, a free T3, free T4 and antibodies. That's the things that you want to test and which will give you a bit of an indicator. But if you don't need to want to test at the moment, you can actually start proactively supporting your thyroid, making sure you're not fasting, you're not dieting because thyroid is responsible for energy distribution. And if you don't have as much energy, if you're not putting enough food because you're dieting, it will slow down. And by slowing down, slowing down your thyroid, you will slow down your metabolism and down the road that will slow down the, way, the speed of the weight that you're essentially able to lose and the speed of the metabolism. Some of the other foods uh, that support your thyroid are the foods that are high in selenium, which is Brazil nuts, omega-3s, which is fatty fish, eggs, olive oil, zinc, which is meat, and vitamin D. And one of the best ways to get vitamin D is to expose yourself to sunshine. The next set of hormones essentially is the estrogens and our sex hormones in general. And I already spoke briefly about estrogen, but one of the things that I wanted to add is that we live in an estrogen dominant world. There is a lot of chemicals that, are, that mimic estrogen and actually excessive sugar amount causes high estrogen. And then that has effect on our, on our fat cells. Things like stress, for some it's dairy and meat, Specifically in America, the meat is often, because the cow's being injected with estrogen, that meat is injected with, est- with estrogen. So you want to make sure that you buy it organic as much as possible. You don't need to eat red meat every single day of the week, but you should get some of it for, for the benefit. So getting the best sources as much as possible. And when you have a lot of estrogen in your body, it will make you store fat. So eliminating things like alcohol, sugar, processed foods, and adding things like whole foods, flax seeds, cruciferous vegetables, and movement like exercise, HIIT training, running, those are the things that are that will really benefit keeping your hormones balanced. And this is the exact thing that I work with women in my practice, working on your overall health, but also heavily focusing on your hormones through education, really understanding what's happening in your body. And also through lifestyle, nutritional changes, bringing your hormones into balance. So if that's something you need support with, you can always head over to the link in the show notes and schedule a consultation with me and I'd be happy to help. So the reason number seven is stress. And stress is releases cortisol whenever we stress. And cortisol makes you gain weight. And it makes you hungrier. So you want to eat more. and People that have ever taken steroid hormones and I've knew some friends that have taken steroids, they do get so much bigger and it is because of what's in it. And it makes you hungrier and often it makes you gain, cortisol in particular, makes you gain belly fat, which is the place that most of women want to lose, lose a little bit of fat on. And there's actually an actual condition where your body doesn't produce enough cortisol called the Cushing syndrome. And one of the things that you can identify people with that is that they have giant belly, they have very skinny legs. And that's just an example of what cortisol, excess cortisol can do in your body. And when you under stress, you also can't absorb nutrients that you actually eating. And your you basically your your nerves that connect the nerves that are in your body, they connect actually your fat cells to your brain. So your fat cells are actually listening to your thoughts. And when you are really stressed and when you're stressed out to the nines, your fat cells stop doing what they're supposed to be doing and they actually just start gaining more fat for the fear of like, this is going to be stressful. Let's just keep adding things on top. So if you want to gain weight, you basically eat under stress. naturally, if you want to lose weight, you want to implement things like mindful eating. You want to be eating, really being present with your food. And I think so many of us eat in front of the computers and it's really, really not helpful. But actually eating and just really taking those 15, 20 minutes, we all have that time. If we just cut out some of the scrolling on Instagram time and put it into food, that will make a big difference to your weight loss goals. So the reason number eight is genes. We have to mention genes because oftentimes people think that it's actually genetic, the fact that I'm unable to lose weight. And it is true because there are some countries in the world that have different genes than other people. And for example, we've seen specifically when McDonald's and fast foods have been introduced in China people started to gain, rapidly gain weight because they don't have the genes in order to process those. So it's true that genes contribute to obesity and contribute to making it difficult to lose weight. But actually, there are about 30 genes that contribute to to obesity. And if you have all 30 of those genes, which is like incredibly rare and practically impossible, it will only make you gain 22 pounds of extra weight. So it's not a massive obesity. So there are certain genes that predispose you to eating carbs. People like Middle Eastern, Native Americans, Chinese, people from India, all those people, they have a predisposition to eating carbs. And for that reason, they all are at a high risk of developing insulin resistance because there are genes, things that stop your weight loss. Reason number nine. Obesity is actually contagious, and if your friends are overweight, and if you around your social networks, people sit around, eat a lot, spend a lot of time on the couch, your social networks will really impact how you behave and what you do, and social networks in so many cases are one of the most important predictors of what's going to happen to your health and the body that you will develop because we often say that you're the average of five people you hang out with and you do watch other people and the brain does things by watching. It sees something and then it just repeats the same thing. This is just the way that we're wired. And actually, I was messaging just this morning to my partner, Ben. I was sending him a text and I was like, you have made me an absolute clean freak because Ben is... My my house has never been messy, but I has never been An extreme clean freak, but my partner Ben, he's just everything in that man's closet is just color coordinated. It's perfect. Every sock is laid out with the next sock. I've just never, ever gone to that extreme. But because he does it and it just became such a normality to me, now my socks are color coordinated, which is madness because it's not something I would ever do. In fact, I often wear socks that were different. And I thought it was just cool and fashionable. But in reality, it was just because I would just put the socks that were in the drawer. And now, because I am so influenced by the person that I live with, these are the habits that I've adopted. So social networks and the things that you surround yourself are massive for that. So these are the nine reasons. Let me go over them quickly again. So number one is your gut microbiome. Healthy gut is a healthy immune system and easy effortless weight loss we number 2 we are overfed and undernourished you need to make sure that you get nutrients in your diet number 3 inflammation number 4 environmental toxins number 5 problems with mitochondria or the energy of our cells number 6 hormone problems like insulin thyroid sex hormones number 7 stress number 8 Genes, and number nine, social networks and who we surround ourselves with. Message that I want to leave you with is please make sure that you check in with your intentions for losing weight. It should never be to chase some beauty standards or it should never come at a cost of your health. If anything, it should absolutely be the other way around. And I'm a big believer that you can lose weight without restrictions if you take your time to learn about how your body actually functions. And by introducing things like balanced meals, whole foods, managing your stress, these are the things that affect your weight, affect your hormones, affect how you feel. And these are the things that by changing these things in your life, by eating better, by taking care more of yourself, by finding the time to move every single day, you're quite literally changing and shaping your identity into identity of somebody that has a healthy weight. And you can easily do that. And I help women to do that in my coaching program all the time. We lose weight by focusing on our health and by focusing on understanding the female body. And that, as you shape and become that person that is just healthy, the person that fits in your clothes, your self-respect goes out, your self-esteem goes up, you feel better about yourself. Movement is no longer becomes this, oh my gosh, should I go? Should I not? It becomes part of who you are. Your skin is glowing. You can think more clearly. People compliment the freshness of your face. Your eyes become bright, white, and clear. And that is how you lose weight in the way that's sustainable, makes you feel good, and changes who you are. And of course, if you need help with it, you can head over straight to the show notes. And you can schedule a consultation with me and I can help you build the plan to get there. And if you have any questions or if you have any comments, I always love to see your DMs in my Instagram. So slide into my DMs. Tell me what been your biggest takeaway from this podcast. And I look forward to seeing you next time. Bye-bye. Hey, if you're a woman who wants to have more energy so you can get the most out of your day, if you're ready to stop living at mercy of your hormones and instead feel healthy and in control of your health, then I invite you to apply to work with me one-on-one.